Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, when Bobby Blades and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get our show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do we make money from our podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it is 100% free. That's one of my three favorite four-letter F words. It's also ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Now, admittedly, I am not a rocket surgeon. I'm not tech savvy. I need things to be super simple. Anchor makes it easy for us. We create the content and Anchor does all the rest of the work. I dig that the most. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join the Inhumans and a diverse community of like-minded degenerate podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. You know I'll be listening. The time has come for bad things to Time has come for life to begin. The time has come for the war of the There were at least a few major factors that contributed to making me into this thing that I am today. Reflecting on these things and talking about them here is helping to give me more of an understanding of why I am the way that I am. Understanding my parents definitely helped to complete a large piece of the puzzle. There's also my sisters, my friends, all that soy that I've been eating for decades. There was that kid who hit me in the head with a brick when I was about six years old. Oh yeah, I haven't told you that one. So there was this kid who hit me in the head with a brick when I was about six years old. The end. One more needs to be told, kids are assholes. Anyway, that was concussion number one, at least as far as I can remember. There were other contributing factors to this mess that is me. Um, My mother's anxiety was definitely passed on to me. The chemicals that my dad was exposed to in Vietnam. My personal choice to live a drug and alcohol-free life. The fact that girls didn't like me. The fact that I developed a fear and anxiety of trying to talk to girls. And I understand more clearly now that... Each one of these things interacted and combined with the other things causing a chemical reaction resulting in what appears to be life in the form of me. Yeah, I know I have some things that I need to get over and let go, but in order to do that, I have to talk about it. So let's talk about it. I'm not really sure where confidence comes from. I imagine it usually starts at home. I would guess that it probably also comes from small victories and achievements. Liking that feeling and saying to yourself, hey, I can do this. I've proven that I can win and the risk of loss is worth it. That's what I would guess. I wasn't really instilled with confidence in my youth. 
I was very much an underachiever because, like I said before, you can't fail if you don't try. Of course, I know on the other side of that, you have to play to win, but that confidence has to come from somewhere, right? I can tell you that it doesn't come from being called ugly from first grade pretty much all the way through high school. After that, I was so weird and damaged that it didn't matter what I looked like. No girl wanted an ugly, damaged weirdo. It also didn't help that I was just a nice guy. I was a good kid. It was just, just my nature. Times that I was able to dig down and pull up the confidence to put myself out there, I received nothing but rejection. I was either met with reactions of disgust and anger, or I was friend-zoned and told that I was too nice. I heard that a lot, too nice. <laughs> I heard I like you as a friend, or I like you like a brother, or the worst one of all, I like you like a sister. There is not a universe that exists in which that is not a hurtful way to tell a guy you're not interested. I was called ugly a lot as a kid. A lot. So much so that I came to get used to it. I accepted it as the absolute truth. I didn't like it, but I accepted it. You hear something enough times, you tend to believe it. Especially as a kid, that's how programming works. I'll tell you a few of the most memorable times I was called ugly. The first time that I can remember in detail that really hurt a lot, I can't even remember how old I was. I was really young, and my mother thought it would be a good idea for my sisters and me to take swimming lessons one summer. I was actually excited about it. I figured it's hot, the water is cool, this is going to be fun. Let's go. We get there and there's a lot of kids, so they split us up into groups. I didn't know anybody in my group. I didn't even know my instructor. I didn't know anybody there except for my sisters, who weren't even in my group. So it was just me and a bunch of strangers. At one point, the instructor starts to point out how cute all the kids in the group are. Aw, you're cute. Aw, look at you, you're cute too. And gets to me and says, ew. All the kids laugh and I'm embarrassed and devastated. How the fuck do you do that to a kid? Even if you're joking, that's a fucked up thing to do to a kid. I didn't know any of those people, and I definitely wasn't interested in knowing any of them after that. I wasn't interested in swimming after that. My young, fragile spirit couldn't overcome that experience. Ninth grade in health class, a girl decided it would be funny to loudly point out that I looked like the alien from Mac and me. <laughs> it may or may not have been completely accurate, but at least it was sort of funny. Everybody in the class thought so anyway. I was also compared to Sloth from the Goonies. That one kind of stung a little. Uh. When I was 18, I was producing demo tapes for a few local rappers, mostly my friends. One day, my manager wanted to introduce me to a group of girls he was going to start working with. We met at the studio. He introduced us and told them I was going to be handling their music. He stepped out of the room and they thought I stepped out with him, so they immediately started joking about how ugly I am. I felt like a stake was being driven into my heart and I tried to just disappear into the corner that I was standing in, but then one of the girls said that I looked like a dead roach, and as harsh as a thing as it is for that to say, it actually made me laugh, and that was when they noticed that I was still in the room. They were embarrassed, but I was fine because it made me laugh. The girl who said it even went on to become a really good friend of mine. 
I held on to the roach comment though. Very first tattoo that I ever got was a tribal roach that looks like a superhero emblem. Been using it as a logo for years. Those are just a few of the things that I held on to. Believe me, there's a whole lot more. Not great for confidence building and unfortunately it's what I still struggle with trying to let go of. So let me tell you about my biggest crushes and how badly I handled those. Ninth grade, I start high school. I'm crazy awkward, quiet, shy, weird. I was wildly unpopular. First day of school, I already knew a lot of the kids there, but there were a lot who were new to me. For the most part, the kids and some of the teachers treating me like shit, but some of my classmates were friendly with me. I didn't have any classes with any of my friends who you heard me talk about before, so I pretty much felt alone. I already knew the deal as far as what girls thought of me, so I mostly just kept my eyes down and my mouth shut. Yeah, there were some girls there who I thought were cute, but I felt like it was best to just keep those thoughts to myself. But then there was one girl. I had never seen her before. She stood out among everybody in that entire school. It's not even that she was the prettiest girl there. I mean, she was pretty, but it wasn't even about that. She had this loving, peaceful energy and the kindest smile that I had ever seen in my life, maybe even to this day. Her presence lit up the room. I was infatuated. I told anybody who would listen how I felt about her, but I did not have the balls to approach her. Students knew, teachers knew, so of course it got around to her. A couple of my classmates took it upon themselves without my prior knowledge to let her know how I felt about her. She was nice enough about it, but of course she wasn't interested. I was at that school for two years and I spent that two years thinking of nothing but her. We never spoke one time. I still remember her name. I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> she's actually pretty easy to find. I happen to notice she's still in town and she's single. I never contact her though. I let go of that thought a long time ago. My second major crush was at my new high school, 11th grade. We moved to a nice little Cleveland area suburb. It was a little bit of a culture shock, but it was much more quiet than where we moved from. So that was all right. Thing was though, most of the kids there had been there their whole lives and there were only three schools there, an elementary school, a middle school, and a high school. They spent their entire young lives looking at all the same faces, so whenever somebody new came around, it was sort of a big deal. I already didn't have much going for myself in terms of self-esteem, so all I wanted to do was disappear into whatever corner I could. But it was a predominantly white school, and I was 6'6", a dark-skinned. Kinda hard to not be noticed. There was somebody who I noticed, though. At one point in my life, I thought I wanted to be an architect. I took a drafting class in high school and she sat right next to me. She was new in town too, so she didn't know anybody either. First day of school, I just remember how beautiful she was. I even remember exactly what she was wearing. <laughs> I snuck a look at her every chance I could get, hoping that she wouldn't notice. Of course, I didn't have the balls to say anything to her. She was way out of my league. Actually, I'd been conditioned to believe that all girls were out of my league, so I wasn't going to say a word. 
very first day of school, she came over to my desk and asked if she could use one of my erasers. I managed to choke out a yes. I handed her my eraser and expected her to go back to her desk with it, but she didn't. She stood at my desk and erased whatever it was that she was working on. And I just stared at her for what felt like forever while my heart was pounding out of my chest. She gave me back my eraser, thanked me, and went back to her desk. She and I actually became pretty good friends in school. We never spoke outside of school, and we only had drafting class together, so of course that was my favorite class. I got to be pretty comfortable with her, and I wanted to tell her every day how I felt about her, but I just could never find the confidence. I'm not going to tell you her name either, but I got curious one day not too long ago, and I found her online. She's divorced with one daughter. I found her, but I'm not going to contact her. Just going to let her go. Number three, I was in college. My first time in my life out on my own. College is a different world. I still had all my baggage, but I felt different. I was making friends, exploring my creativity, being appreciated for my abilities. I was actually feeling a little confident in some areas. Felt confident enough to put myself out there, but no girls were interested in me at all. I was prepared for that, so it wasn't too big a deal. There was one, though, who was a big deal. To this day, I don't know what it was about her. She was very quiet. She was cute, not necessarily the prettiest girl around, but I fell for her the second I found her. I pursued her with intense determination, but of course she wasn't interested. I tried and tried and tried, but she wanted nothing to do with me. Everybody knew I was crazy about her. Some of my friends, some of her friends, even some teachers tried talking to her on my behalf, but all I did was piss her off. Last time I ever tried to talk to her, she made it perfectly clear that she did not like me. She told me to leave her alone, told me not to talk to her, told me not to talk about her, so I never bothered her again. Best thing to come out of that whole experience was some pretty creative music. Pain makes the best art. Didn't do much for my confidence, though. So the last one, 1997. I'd already graduated. I stayed in town and I still had friends at the college, so I would go and see them almost every day on my way to work. One day I saw a new student. She was very short, maybe about five feet tall, five one. She kind of looked like a mix between a young Deborah Messing and the Noxzema girl from those commercials in the early 90s. The way I felt when I looked at her was like nothing else that I had ever felt before, and I knew that she felt something when she looked at me. I could tell, but I couldn't find the confidence to say anything. I saw her at that school a few days a week, and I knew that she could tell that I was interested in her, but she was waiting for me to just be a man and say something. I just couldn't find the confidence because I knew that I would blow it. So one day I had a really bad day. I had a bad day at work, got home and my roommate had pissed me off. I had a friend who I expressed interest in before, but she told me she wasn't looking to date anybody and I called her just to talk and some dude took the phone out of her hand and threatened to beat my ass for talking to his girl. <laughs> it was a rough day. I stopped off at the school the next day on my way to work and ran into some of my friends outside. 
Told them all about the bad day that I had and when I got to the part about when I called my friend, I heard a voice to my left that said, that bitch. I looked over and it was the girl. She stopped waiting for me to approach her and she took the opportunity to talk to me. Problem was I was not the least bit ready for that and I was petrified. We stood there looking at each other. She smiled and said hi, but I was fucking petrified. I couldn't even muster up a hello. I was screaming at myself in my head, just say something, anything. I had nothing. She was suddenly very embarrassed. She turned and ran off and I heard her say, oh God, he hates me now. I hated myself. It was a simple thing and I could not do it. As stupid and pathetic as it may sound, I never once spoke to that girl, but I know in my heart that she is my soulmate. I very easily found everybody else online. If I could find her, I would contact her in a heartbeat. The problem is I never even knew her name. So there goes a story I never wanted to tell. (laughs) I have stories that you would think are much worse. Street fights, loved ones dying, having guns pulled on me, losing an eye. As far as I'm concerned, nothing hurt me more than losing the love that I never even had. I'm sure I could come up with something uplifting to say right now, but honestly, I'm just not feeling it. I mean, yeah, I've had experiences. I managed to attract some interest here and there. I must have, right? I made babies. <laughs> I actually still manage to attract some women sometimes. I don't know how or why. Actually, if I really think about it, there's some opportunities that I, that I missed out on only because I wasn't able to recognize them at the time. I guess it still comes down to confidence that I just didn't have. Things are different now. Maybe maybe I'm not as ugly as I used to be. Maybe I never really was. Maybe it never even should have mattered. What I know for sure is that I can't go back, no matter how much I obsess. It is a very, very difficult thing to break programming, but I'm working on it and talking about it. And maybe this is what's going to finally help me let it go. So thank you for listening to the sad ramblings of a damaged man. (laughs) I had to let it all out. Sometimes when I let it out, some things are misunderstood. I was happy to talk about my dad on the last session, but some of the responses that I got showed me that some people got the wrong idea. Yeah, I'm not what my dad had hoped for his son to be, but believe me, he loves me. I had a really bad day one time when I was living in Pittsburgh. I called home. My dad could tell that something was wrong, so he got in the car and drove two hours from Cleveland to bring me home. That's four hours of driving after already working a full day of driving a bus. My dad was always a hard man, but that's the type of thing that he has always done for my sisters and me. Believe me, my dad loves me. There's no question about that. Now, I got got an email from a good friend of mine. A name that you've heard me mention before, Luke Birch. I had to practice reading this a few times because I got pretty emotional the first time I read it. Luke wrote, Hey, how are you, Bobby? Hope everything is well. I'm enjoying your show so much and not just because it is you, although that helps. I'm not going to lie, I tear up at almost every episode. To say I've been rough as of late is an understatement after being diagnosed with bipolar disorder earlier this year. 
I'm not saying this for sympathy or pity, I just feel I need to get that off my chest, and it's been something that I've been struggling with ever since. I haven't wanted to say this, that would mean that it's true, but time to own what I am. Now, I don't want to make this email all about me, but as Sam said on your show, you have truly inspired me to try to be more than I can be. In conclusion, I have to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being willing to be so open about your struggles and insecurities, as it has helped me come to terms with mine and realize that I am even luckier than I could have ever hoped to be with truly close friends. I'm sorry if this wasn't the sort of email you were expecting, but this is truly how I feel. By being willing to be open and honest with one another, in time we will all find our lost souls. Thank you, your friend, Luke Birch. P.S. Thank you for the support you have been showing TCP. It truly means the world to me. Well, Luke, you mean the world to me. Thank you. That was Luke Birch, the host of the Transcontinental Project, along with our friend Sensible Sam. Luke, everything you said was perfect, and there's nothing that I can add to it. Thank you for opening up and sharing, because that's what this is about. I started doing this thing for me and knowing that other people are able to relate and are feeling more comfortable about being open and honest and saying, this is me. It's encouraging and I appreciate it more than you know. I would like for you to contact me just like Luke did. You can email me at insearchofmylostsoul at gmail.com or call and leave a voicemail at 614-333-9276. Again, 614 614- 333-9276. You just might end up on an upcoming session in search of my lost soul.